Welcome to An Epiphany with Tiffany. My name is Tiffany, and this is my podcast. All right, y'all. It's been a couple weeks, or a few weeks, since I have released an episode. Been a little bit busy, but today is probably going to be a long one. So just sit back, grab a drink, grab a snack, or, you know, listen while you're at work or working out. Doesn't matter to me. But let's enjoy this ride. Alright, so if you follow me on social media, you might have seen a video I posted a couple weeks back talking about my new Bible study that I'm doing. It's called Surrendered, Letting Go and Living Like Jesus by Barb Roos. I think think that's how you pronounce it. It's R-O-O-S-E is her last name. Anyway, it's really, really good. (laughs) And I just kind of wanted to reference back to that video that I posted and expand a little bit more on what I was talking about and what else I have been learning the last few weeks. So if you didn't see that video, I'm going to kind of touch base on that. If you did see the video, then this is just a little bit of a repeat. So, (laughs) if you are a believer and you've grown up in the church at all, or if you've gone to church at any point in time in the last, I don't know, like two years, I'm I'm pretty sure pastors have been pulling this verse out a lot during COVID. Um, You know, you've heard Matthew 6, 34, which states, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So in that passage in Matthew 6, Jesus is talking to um, the disciples, and I would have to open back up my Bible, but I'm pretty sure like there's other crowds and just people in general. Um, or it might just be the disciples. You know what? Let me look. I'm going to look. Hang on. One second. My Bible's right here. I thought I had it open to that part, but I did not. So, let me flip. I want to make sure I am referencing the right information. So... He is talking to the feast. Okay, so that's chapter 6. He'd gone over how to pray. So is this... Yes, so sorry. It's the Beatitude. So this is basically his Sermon on the Mount. Um, That's right. Okay. So yeah, there are... Tons and tons and tons and tons of people here <laughs> um, listening to what he's saying. So, thank you for bearing with me for that while I triple-checked what I was talking about. Um, so, in the Bible study that I'm in, obviously it's on surrender. And I, you know, have grown up in the church, so I've often heard that verse. Um, you know, do not worry about tomorrow. And... Most time when I've heard it, I'm like, ugh, okay, insert roll eyes emoji here, right? Because it's, you know, just one of those things. It's like, oh, yeah, of course, everybody's going to throw that verse at me right now. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's such, it's such a good one. Anyway, so as I was reading through this Bible study, I got to this point and the wilderness insight for that day of the study was called God provides what you need for today. So as soon as I read that, I was like, oh, great. They're about to throw or she's about to throw Matthew six at me. I know she is. <laughs> and just a little further down the page. Oh, look, there it is. It says, look up Matthew six thirty four and write it below. <laughs> but for before getting to that part where I actually had to write it out, um, I read the following. Here's the one thing 
our attempts to fix the future often go badly. There is nothing wrong with saving for the future unless the reason for saving is a question is a question or fear that God won't provide. There was a time when my obsession with planning ahead led to a lot of stockpiling and buying extra. However, a lot of waste also happened because we couldn't use all that I was buying. Then, in a wilderness season a few decades ago, I began practicing what I still call my principle of daily bread, which is, I have enough for today, God will take care of what I need tomorrow. And I don't know what it was, but reading that and how she, you know, wrote it out just kind of hit me in a different way than, you know, that verse in particular has hit me at any other point. So she goes on to say, as a former obsessive planner, hi, my name is Tiffany and I am definitely an obsessive planner. (laughs) As a former obsessive planner, that wilderness season forced me to let go of trying to stockpile for the future out of fear or needing to make sure that I was comfortable. Instead, I discovered that God was a much better supplier than the grocery store. And best of all, God doesn't waste. So I just kind of wanted to bring that back up because, again, this idea of obsessive planning and stockpiling and all these other, you know, um, issues (laughs) keep coming up over and over and over again in this study, which is really good because it, you know, is really helping me realize where I'm actually struggling and what it's really connected to instead of, you know, blaming it on this or that. So, you know, I just want to encourage everybody like God is way better than the grocery store you know he is going to give us what we need not necessarily what we want which is something that comes up later on in this study and um, I'm going to get into that in a few minutes so I wanted to touch on what she calls control loving behaviors and they are called the shine principle so shine stands for um, stonewalling or being silent or running away. H is helicoptering or micromanaging and overprotecting. I is interrupting, N is nagging, and E is excessive stockpiling or excessive planning. So when I was reading through all of these, I'm like, I do all of those. (laughs) In one way or another. I'm probably... um, more so fall into the helicoptering and excessive, uh, you know, planning. And I've been just kind of realizing how much those control-loving behaviors have really been affecting uh, things. You know, the idea of, I can fix this, I can fix them, I can fix, you know, whatever the situation is. We're not fixers, ladies and gentlemen, we are not fixers. I'm going to say it again. We are not fixers. It's not our job to fix things. It's not our job to fix people. So the premise in this Bible study is we are studying the wild, two different wilderness seasons. The wilderness season of the Israelites after Exodus, after they um, you know, were rescued from Egypt and... Uh, Then on the flip side of that, we're also studying Jesus' time in the wilderness during his temptation period, you know, his 40 days and 40 nights um, in the wilderness. So I just kind of want to set that groundwork (laughs) so you guys know um, this next part that I'm going to read is talking a little bit about that. So during trials and wilderness seasons, we often spend a lot of mental energy trying to stay in whatever fight is most important to us. The fight for financial security, our marriage, our child's survival, our jobs, or our faith. However, fighting in a situation that you can't change, control, or conquer will wear you down and eventually wear you out. At a certain point, we'll choose one of the three one of three responses. So here are the first two. 
Number one, giving up is losing hope. Number two, giving in is caving in to another's agenda. Perhaps you're at a point where you've given up or are considering it. You're exhausted from trying to push all the buttons, to pull all the levers. Okay, this little part actually reminded me of Emperor's New Groove. Pull the lever! Wrong lever! Okay, sorry. (laughs) Um, And you're also trying to fix all the problems. Maybe you've given in to the unhealthy requests and demands of others because you're afraid or you don't know what else to do. Like Moses, you've got lots of excuses even though you know what God is calling you to do. But hold on, there's a third option that can lift the weight of problems from your heart and position you to experience God's power working in and through your life. That option is not giving up or giving in, but rather letting go. So option number three is letting go is not trying to fix or force a solution, but living in faith that God will do what's best. Another word for letting go is surrender. Letting go or surrendering is a prayer, a plan, and a process. There are some situations that will be able to, sorry, flipping page, (laughs) to let go more easily than others. There also are times when we realize that we can let go in the moment, but then we move back to trying to control when we don't feel that God is moving fast enough. Ooh, that's a little bit of a sting. (laughs) so true so over time as we practice letting go and letting and living like jesus we discover what it looks and feels like to be completely surrendered or sorry it feels like to completely surrender others and outcomes to god leaving them totally in his hands so then she goes on to explain like a visual um of what the letting go loop would look like Now it's a process and not necessarily like a step-by-step situation, right? Or step-by-step thing that you can do. It's an overall process of being, you know, very conscious and aware of what we're thinking and feeling in these different situations. So I'm going to read what those are. Um, Number or one of them is awareness. Am I trying to control others or outcomes right now? arrest. What do I need to stop trying to protect, fix, or force to make happen? Acceptance. Where do I need to acknowledge the reality that I do not have control, but God can and will handle it? Faithful action. How can I show faith, unconditional love, and wisdom without control loving behaviors? So just those, you know, those five or four things, sorry, um, you know, make up the letting go loop. And again, it's all about being aware of what those things are. How can I do this? Or am I doing this? You know, why am I feeling like I'm so stressed out about this? Am I living in fear? You know, just those types of questions to ask yourself um, as you, you know, find yourself in a situation that you don't have relief from or you're stressed out or you're you know worrying about like well god why aren't you taking care of this why aren't you answering my prayer so those things have been really 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 helpful um she also goes on to tell of a story where she um was literally crying on her bathroom floor because of a situation that her family was going through. And she just came to this moment where she said, God, if it's going to get done, you're going to have to do it. And in that moment, she was completely and utterly surrendered to whatever God, you know, had coming for them. Not two minutes later, she gets a phone call that ends up, you know, taking their family down a path to restoration and healing. Now, that doesn't always happen that quickly, um, you know, because there is a process, right? But just reading that was so encouraging because, you know, sometimes we can pretend that we're 
you know, pretend or lying to ourselves that we're, that we're so surrendered to God and, you know, we're really giving all this up, but sometimes we're still holding on to something. You know, there's always that one thing that we're like, I'm just going to not trust you with this one, God. I'm good. I'm just going to hold on to it, but you would take care of everything else for me. <laughs> right? Am I right? Come on, you all, I'm pretty sure every single person is thinking of that one thing right now that we just cannot let go of. Right? And if you've listened to any of my other podcast episodes, I'll give you one guess what mine is. (laughs) If you said my singleness season, then you are correct. That is the one area that I struggle with the most of letting go and letting God. You know what, I've been trying, trying to just say, you know what, God, if it's going to get done, you're going to have to do it. Like, if I'm going to get married, you're going to have to bring me that guy. Now, I'm not saying that I'm sitting on my butt just waiting. You know, I'm actively pursuing a relationship with God. I'm actively trying to, you know, spend more time with him, praying more trying to have more self-control, that might be a topic for another discussion. I don't know. We'll see how, see where the rest of this conversation goes. Might get back onto that one too. Um, but (laughs) you know, just the idea of, you know, God, you got this, but I'm still going to actively seek you. I'm still going to actively, you know, introduce myself to guys or actively ask friends, hey, do you got any single friends? Or, hey, you guys want to go out? Like, maybe we can meet some new people. I'm not just sitting here idly waiting. You know, I'm actively still making steps towards that. But at the same time going like, well, I'm not going to worry about it because if it's going to, you know, happen, it's going to happen in God's time. So another area that I've also been having a little bit of a struggle with (laughs) um, is my health. And if you follow me on social media or you're a close friend of mine, then you might already know this information. So story time. Last year, um, I was actually diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder. And, you know, it's been a struggle ever since. (laughs) struggle, struggle, struggle. Um, you know, this constant battle of like, why God, but also, you know, what am I going to do about it? And, you know, Google is not your friend. (laughs) It's been helpful, but at the same time, I've realized through this study, the study that, you know, I was using Google to, Uh, practice some of those control loving behaviors and instead of you know focusing on what I can do personally and spiritually to you know try and help the situation so because I believe that you know if God wants to he can heal me and you know I have faith in that but at the same time I've been over here going, well, what do I need to do about it? And like then getting really overwhelmed with, you know, this crazy amount of information, um, that is connected to my specific, uh, disorder. It's not, it's not, it's not a typical one. And, you know, like I have to avoid a lot of different foods and stuff, but they're also not the, quote normal I'm air quoting here (laughs) normal um foods that people are supposed to avoid if they have an autoimmune disorder so that's been frustrating (sighs) I cannot tell you how many days I've just stood in front of the refrigerator going what the hell am I supposed to eat and you know just that battle of what am I gonna do what am I gonna do how am I gonna control this How am I going to fix this? How can I fix myself? You know, I can't eat anything. And just like this loop 
<laughs> almost on the daily, this loop of struggle. And then I got into week two of this study. <laughs> now, week one's principle, overall principle, was I am not in control of others or outcomes. Week two's surrender principle is I will live by faith rather than rush to follow my feelings. Ah. <laughs> Does that hurt anybody else a little bit? Because that one kind of, that one kind of stung a little bit. So week two is all about, um, you know, what we're hungry for, our, what are our wants, what are we, you know, striving to hold on to instead of remembering that Jesus is the only one who can satisfy. And so that part, you know, just kind of hit me because, of course, if you've grown up in church, you know... Um, or not just growing up in church, but if you've been to church, you've probably heard the Lord's Prayer. You know, the whole part about the daily bread. <laughs> but then that also references back to the Israelites' season in the wilderness. Because what did God provide? Manna, which is a type of bread. So, <laughs> I was reading day two of week two. And it's called Only Jesus Satisfies. And it's going through the whole, you know, like the bread of life. But then also because Jesus is in the wilderness and, you know, Satan is like trying to tempt him to sin. And, you know, he basically tells him, this is all paraphrased, basically tells him, well, why don't you turn these stones to bread? Right. And, you know, in that process, Jesus is being tempted, but he's not sinning. And so that was kind of, you know, something that was really uh, interesting to kind of think about in the sense that you can be tempted, but still not sin. So I also want to um, read that verse really quickly. I'm just triple checking which one it is. <clears throat> okay, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And, you know, that's a reference back to um, some different Bible verses in the Old Testament as well. And, you know, so I just kind of was reading that. And again, I've been in this very... what's the word like very emotionally turmoil state of mind since last July it's you know come and gone obviously because different times I've felt better than others um different times I've been less hard on myself for the decisions that I've made but you know knowledge is power <laughs> and because I know to an extent what some of the foods are and stuff that uh, are a trigger for me um you know within that thing I have I have that knowledge I have that power to control whether I'm gonna have symptoms or whether I'm not gonna have symptoms you know but it also sucks that some of those foods happen to be my favorite foods <laughs> but again I do not live on bread and bone <laughs> so <clears throat> you know the this whole study and this particular day was talking about what other things are we filling our life with? And I was like, oh, okay. Like I'm filling my life with this stress because that's what I feel like I can control. Even though I can control what I'm eating, you know, I can control those outcomes as far as that's concerned. But then there's other caveats to my lovely autoimmune disorder that, um, you know, can't be, quote, controlled so easily. So, you know, just touching on these things that we fill, we fill those voids with, like, or we try to control, we try to hold on to instead of just surrendering all of it. 
you know, and one of those again is my singleness. And then of course, you know, like I've been seeing my health and how, how if I'm, you know, really trying to seek healing, I'm going to have to let that go. I'm going to have to make choices that are better for me in the long run, but also knowing, you know, God might heal me and he might not, but that's okay because I'm living in a surrendered state to him in whatever he desires for my heart and my life. So I mentioned that the surrender principle for week two was I live by faith rather than rush to follow feelings. So day four actually touches more on that. And it was called letting go of following feelings. And she writes, the title of this today's study is intentional. Notice that it's letting go of following feelings rather than just letting go of feelings. I want to make sure this distinction because God created our feelings and those emotions are neither good nor bad. As author Chip Dodd writes, feelings, they are tools that we need to learn how to use well so that we do not behave impulsively and act out without the ability to take responsibility. So again, (laughs) touching back on you know, all of my emotions connected to my diagnosis and, you know, and all of that and just reflecting back on decisions I've made. And, you know, if I had gone to the doctor sooner, could I have changed this? And like, you know, all these obsessive um, thoughts and feelings of, you know, frustration, hurt, pain, anger, technically a secondary emotion, but, you know, just all this frustration right boiling up and boiling up randomly the more I think about it you know and then I would act on those feelings and just be like well fine I'm gonna eat this stuff anyway (laughs) hashtag passive aggressive (laughs) but you know so then I would follow these feelings regarding the situation that I'm in I've also done this in my singleness too and you know and then on the flip side I've caused more damage in the long run. And so reading that, I was like, wow. (sighs) Wow. There are tools that we need to learn how to use so that we do not behave impulsively or act out without the ability to take responsibility. I don't like, I'm just kind of want that to sink in. (laughs) Like I'm going to read it again. Feelings, they are tools that we need to learn how to use so that use well so that we do not behave impulsively or act without the ability to take responsibility. So, yep, I'm going to go back into it. Self-control. We're just going to go right on in, y'all. Diving on in. Self-control. What is it? It is a fruit of the spirit. Am I right? Yes, I am. It is a fruit of the spirit. And, you know, later on in day four, she touches on the fruits of the spirit and all those different things. But before I kind of dive into that a little bit more, I want to to touch on what else we were talking about on this day. And we had to read through numbers. I'm pretty sure numbers. Yes, numbers. Um, Numbers chapter nine in uh, one aspect. And... Uh, the Israelites are following a cloud and fire over the pillar, or sorry, pillar of fire and clouds over the um, Ark of the Covenant, right? That's what they followed around in the wilderness season at this point in time. And, you know, they, they only moved if the pillar moved or if the clouds moved. And then they camped wherever, you know, it stopped. No matter how long it was. If it was a couple of days, a couple of weeks, a year. They only moved when God moved. And they stayed when God stayed. So, referencing back, like, into Exodus, what happened before this was happening. um, 
the Israelites, you know, were complaining. They were so sick of manna. It had been so long and blah, 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 blah. And you know, I'm, I'm saying that because I do the same thing. <laughs> you know, they were in this uh, stage of just constant complaint. You know, they wanted meat. They had meat in, in Egypt. And, you know, if they had just stayed in Egypt, everything would be better. Um, excuse me, you were slaves in Egypt. And again, I'm saying this to me sarcastically because I'm also saying it to myself. Right. You know, we all go through these stages. And so we can't really judge the Israelites. <laughs> um, but, you know, God gave them what their hearts desired. He brought in quail from the sea. And it was so much quail that, you know, it stood, I think it was three cubics or two, two or three cubics high, which is like a lot. I think it's like, like as tall as me, I think it's like five feet something. Um, and I can, I can triple back and check really quick, but it, you know, was so much meat, so much meat. And, you know, he told them that, you know, basically collect however much your heart desires. And so those of them that were more greedy than others, you know, just stacked it upon stacking and like so tall. Um, and, you know, eventually they couldn't eat it all and this meat spoiled and some people ended up dying because of their greediness connected to this specific situation. It's numbers 11. If you guys want to, um, like go look it up for yourself and read it. It's actually really sad, like sad, but also like mind blowing, you know, so God gave them what they wanted. He brought in this quail, basically allowed them to become sick with their own desires. And I was like, wow, you know, just kind of reflecting on that. And they were so consumed, you know, and then I'm like looking at my own life going, hmm, hmm. Okay, <laughs> I can see some references here, like of specific times where I've been that consumed and I've quote gotten what I've wanted. And on the flip side, it did more damage than it benefited me. Um, so back to the whole, you know, situation with the um, Ark of the Covenant and, um, you know, not moving unless God's moving. When I got to that part, I was like, wow. You know, how often do we try and control situations? How often do we try and jump ahead of what God has planned for us? I mean, I am a very future focused person. I can't help it. I'm not very good at being like focused on the, this day, you know, today, right now. <laughs> Like, I'm very much, like, five steps ahead. And, you know, I've realized, okay, that's your control-loving behaviors. You're so focused on this next step or these next three steps that you're not living in the moment and working through this step that you're currently on. Right? So, I'm not you know, working through the little baby steps of making these slight food changes. And I mean, I've done some of them. I eat fish now. Sometimes <laughs> I don't like fish, but I'm trying really hard to eat it because it is one of the few things that I can have. Um, so anyway, you know, that was a baby step I took, right? I tried fish. I tried, tried a couple different types of fish. Um, like retried them because I had tried quite a few all when I was younger. Mm. But, you know, retrying them, trying to make these baby steps, right? But have I give, completely given up chicken? No. Have I been paying for it? Yeah. 
has my body been like, what the heck are you doing? Why are you trying to keep killing us? Yeah. You know, now grains aren't as much of a problem, but I do know that they aren't the best for me. Have I completely given them up? No. You know, so I'm doing like these little things. I can just do it. Like I did a 75 hard, you know, I did 75 days with no grains. (laughs) I worked out twice a day for 45 minutes each. I drank a gallon of water every day. I read 10 pages of one self-development book or another every day. I took a picture of myself every day. I didn't have any cheat meals for 75 days. I'm like, is that all the tasks? <laughs> I think I got all the tasks in there. Um, you know, I did all of those things. Well, actually, I did it for a little longer than 75. I did it for like, I think, I think in total it was, um, it was close to 80. And anyway, so that was last year before finding out about my diagnosis. Now, like I've mentioned on my social media, um, too, I made a recent post about this. I was in so much pain. I constantly had hives everywhere. I honestly thought that it was due to the very stressful work environment that I was, um, in at that point in time. So I just thought there were stress hives. And now I have other issues that I won't go into, um, that are related to hives, um, you know, some different allergies and stuff other than food. (laughs) And so I was also kind of like, okay, well maybe that's it too. You know, it's just kind of an overall compounding thing. And then, you know, towards the end of my 75 hard, I was like, uh, you know, I shouldn't still be feeling like this. I, you know, I lost I lost a significant amount of weight in 75 days. I felt great for the most part. But what I was hiding was, you know, how crappy I felt in other ways. And, like, I felt great emotionally. Physically, I felt, like, utter crap. (laughs) So that's when I was like, okay, there's more to this than what I was thinking. So, you know, flash forward like another month after I finished my 75 hard, give or take a couple weeks, and I finally went to the doctor. You know, and then I did all that, found out all that information, and it was just like it sent me into the tailspin. You know, oh, the other task that I forgot to mention was no alcohol for 75 days. That just popped back into my head. Um, did not do that either. Um, but anyway, I share all that to kind of reference how in my own personal life, you know, I've been having these like Israelite moments of, you know, hello, genius. <laughs> you know, you're, you're wanting all these different things, but they're causing you pain. You know, you're wanting all this stuff, this food, and, you know, but it's, it's hurting you. It's literally hurting me. And I still want it. So, you know, just kind of thinking about that in reference to what happened with the quail and the Israelites. And I'm like, oh, Okay, fine. But then also, like, you know, again, back to the pillar of fire and clouds and, like, taking steps when God moves versus not taking steps, you know, ahead of God, right? Only moving when he moves and staying when he stays. And I'm like, okay, in certain ways right now, this is my stay. There are certain things I need to stay in. I need to, you know, work on my own stuff as far as healing is concerned, physically and emotionally and spiritually. You know, that's what I need to do for myself. 
you know, so in its own way, it's kind of like a stay, but it's also me making steps forward because, you know, I can't get to a place of true healing until I make those steps. But I want to be making those steps as long as God's directing those steps. You get what I'm saying? I hope y'all get what I'm saying. <laughs> I was kind of trying to make that point come together and not like, you know, keep rambling on about um, my struggles. But isn't that the whole point of my podcast? <laughs> uh, the whole point of my podcast is to share the different epiphanies that I've been having or have had in the past. And, you know, this is a big one lately. Um, and you know, just realizing like I need to make these steps. And it's so hard when you like voice that kind of stuff because, you know, there's going to be people who are like, okay, sure, you've done this before. Like you said, you're going to give up this and you said you're going to give up that and you're going to do this and yada, 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 yada. Right? The negative Nellies <laughs> or Debbie Downers. Um, and then there's the people who are genuinely, genuinely wanting you to change, wanting to help you change. You know, like and for me personally, some people will na- remain nameless, but if you ever listen to this, you know who you are. Um, I have some people in my life that I always get snippy and snap at. Even in the moments that they're legitimately trying to help me. And I know where that comes from, but this is not a therapy session. Maybe I'll share that at some other point. Um, but you know, it's, it's just this like hardwired, like reaction. It's almost involuntary. You know, even though I know that these people love me and they care about me and they really genuinely want to help me, but it's just like, meh, <laughs> because some of it is because, you know, in times in the past, I felt judged by them. I love you if you ever listen to this, <laughs> but, um, you know, but we judge each other. We both have been judgy towards each other, so... Um, you know, it's all, it's all past trauma and stuff that I'm still trying to work through. And, you know, it's, it's so hard in those moments because what do we do? We always lash out at the people we love the most, right? When we're hurt, when we're trying to change, it's easier to lash out at them, you know, just because they love you. And you're like, ah, they still love me. So I'm just going to lash out at them. Right. When internally we know what the real problem is, is that we're angry. Again, anger is a second emotion. So we're, um, we're upset at ourselves or we're living in fear and, you know, we're scared out of our minds to be making these choices. So let me just lash out at this person who is just trying to ask a simple question of, Hey, how are you feeling today? (laughs) Uh, yes I've I've, yeah I'm thinking of a very specific situation right now in my head where I was not at my best and this person just asked how I was feeling and I completely bit their head off (sighs) but you know hey I'm human so it happens anyway Again, I share all of this because I'm trying to help people and I want, I also want the accountability. (sighs) Yeah, I said that out loud. (laughs) But you know, it's scary when you ask for accountability because, you know, you got to be ready for it when somebody comes back at you and is like, hmm, you're going to eat that? Or, hmm, are you sure you want to make that decision? But you know, here's the flip side of that is sometimes that's not the way to ask those questions. (laughs) you know, and I'm guilty of this too. It's like, I feel like the way to ask that doesn't have to be like condescending, you know, it could be a, okay, so we're going to choose to, we're going to choose to eat this today. 
even though you know what what the symptoms are going to be. That would kind of be a better way to ask that for me personally instead of are you sure you want to eat that? You know, <laughs> um, or something along those lines where it just kind of comes off as like, stop being so judgmental, you know, because that tends to be when we give those kinds of reactions, right? When we're feeling judged. So anyway, <laughs> just random thoughts on that subject. Back to what the rest of the study was talking about. So, obviously, we don't have the pillar of fire, right? But we do have something um, that God uses to guide us. So, the study says God used an eternal symbol, or external, sorry, symbol to guide the Israelites and help them move toward his best for them. Now, we have the internal presence of the Holy Spirit dwelling in our hearts to help lead us in our lives. There are several places where Jesus helps us to see how the Holy Spirit living within us guides us and equips us to live. And also how to handle some of our human emotions that can get out of control if we are not intentional in responding appropriately. So I'm just going to give you the references of those verses instead of reading all of them. So y'all can look them up on your own. So the first one is John 16, 12 through 14. Then there's John 14, 26. John 16, 7. 1 Corinthians 3, 16. Acts 1, 8. And then Romans 8, 26 through 27. So I also kind of wanted to touch a little bit on one of like visual aids that this study gives us. And she talks about um, having a remote control and being able to just pause something or fast forward it or rewind it, you know, because that's our way of wanting to control it. So she talks about the remote control versus spirit control. In my control-loving dreams, I wish that I could just point a remote control at people or situations and press a button to get what I wanted. Just point and click. Interestingly, I wouldn't want someone to try to make me do what I wasn't ready or willing to do. It's a hypocritical observation that I've got to own. (laughs) God's desire for us is to... Be controlled by his spirit, not for us to control others or outcomes. Too many of us know that our efforts to control often end badly. But when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, we experience freedom and peace. So what are the fruits of the spirit? Right in Galatians 5, 24 through 20, sorry, 22 through 24. You know, they are love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So not control loving behaviors, but self-control. You know, controlling our desires to, or controlling my desire to eat chicken. Controlling my desire to um, eat grains. <laughs> uh, controlling my desire to have a glass of iced tea. Yes, a glass of iced tea. Actually, that one's actually been pretty easy to control overall. Not so much on the other things. (laughs) Again, there's other foods too um, that are a problem. Some of them are easier to control and give up and others are not. But the other thing is to control my behaviors and my thoughts connected to what I'm eating. And, you know, being able to, excuse me, get past um, my negative thoughts surrounding seafood right like being able to kind of work through those issues regarding that instead of you know focusing on what I can't have working on getting through that stuff so I can eat more of what I can't have so I haven't um done day five of 
week two study. I've been taking my time kind of going through this and really trying to soak everything in. Um, but day five is called letting go of pacifiers. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> oh no. It's going to be very convicting. Very, very, very convicting. Because I can already see um, something that talks about binge eating, binge spending, binge sleeping, binge watching, and then binge processing. Ah. Ah. I'm like, one, two, three, four. Yeah. In some way or another, I do every single one of those. So more on that later after I do this day, I'm probably going to end up doing a, um, another episode on that. Oh man. I don't know. Y'all please tell me I'm not alone. I don't feel like I'm alone. So if I'm not alone and y'all got something going on too, uh, that you want prayer for, um, or, you know, just want to talk about, just want somebody to listen to you, you know, go through your struggles with you, let your girl know I got your back. Um, but for now I'm going to wrap this episode up. It's coming up on an hour, give or take a minute or two or a few, um, but yeah, I appreciate every single one of you who have been listening. Um, you know, my friends and family who've been giving me feedback. And again, I really hope that this can help somebody else. And yeah, if you don't already follow me on social media, please do. You can find me at an Piff with Tiff. That's A. N E P I P H with Tiff on Instagram and then in my bio is my link tree and you can find me everywhere else. All right. Well, y'all have a blessed day. Again, reach out if you need anything, comment, share these if it's helped you. And yeah, that's all I got for now. On to recording the next episode. Catch y'all on the flip side.